Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to another Emerald City Hockey Dance Party. Oh man, this uh this this last little bit for the Kraken after that rough patch, they are just totally turning things around and it is fabulous. Uh, as I said, welcome to the post game live presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. Definitely want to get them the shout out. Um, what a what a great 60 minute effort from the Kraken. Yeah, there was a couple times that things got a little rough for them, but you know what? For the most part, Gru was right there. Gru Bauer with another awesome performance. I mean, it, I'm starting to feel like a broken record just talking about how great Gru has been of late but it's true i mean that's just what we're seeing from him right now is that he is just on fire he is a wall nothing is getting past him and i couldn't be more happy about it for him or for the team maddie Beneers still snake bitten when it comes to trying to get a goal but he's playing out of his mind generating tons of fantastic opportunities for himself but also setting up his teammates as we saw him do a couple times tonight Ebbs getting on hat trick watch early, unfortunately, couldn't finish it off. Things got crazy there at the very end. So lots of stuff to talk about as far as that last sequence. I mean, there was there was penalties, ejection, everything was going on there. It was wild. But uh, I think for now, we can head on over to the comment section and start us off with a super chat here from Cody. Hopefully, this means they've knocked the rust off and can get back to Kraken hockey. Cody. I think we are back to Kraken hockey because I would say that's Kraken hockey, baby. Uh, because, I mean, they are just, they're playing so well right now. They really are. Um, everything's looked pretty good for them now. Eh, power play still got its issues or whatever. But I feel like just like last game, power play looks kind of dangerous now. Like like the, the opportunities they're getting, they're, they're dangerous opportunities. Like it was, it was, there was a lot of cool stuff going on there. Um, so yeah, I, I, th I think things are good or are all good for them. Cameron with the super chat as well for the dad's dad energy. Definitely. What a great performance they were put on, able to put on for all their dads and mentors, uh, and everybody there. I love when teams do that kind of stuff when they do the mom's trips, when they do the dad trips, all that kind of stuff. I, I always think that that's a lot, a lot of, of fun that they were doing, um, and, uh, it, it's just good to see them and, and yeah, definitely happy that, uh, the Kraken were able to give them all a good performance there. I got to also think, you know, everybody walking over, shaking the hand of, of Grubauer's dad kind of got to after this one, right? Like, <laughs> I definitely got to think about that. Uh, just because I saw these around the Super Chat, I'm going to start with them rather than up at the start of chat. Uh, one was uh, just because me and Gregory have been missing each other here. Uh, got the Lemon Lime Gatorade. Let's go kick things off with that so i just want to make sure i got that in there with gregory and then oh super chat here real quick uh from schultz got the w despite some interesting officiating grew looking great was hayden sent down for drieger burakovsky or perhaps a trade coming we will ask rj about that one because i'm very curious about it whether it's just, like it can't just be banking a little bit of cap money it's not that much i would think um it's a it's a really good question because it could be any of those three things or or it just could be that the Kraken just feel like this is puts them in the best position for now. However, given the comments that Dave Haxtell has been making about what he wants the bottom line to to be the fourth line for the Kraken, 
I got to think that this is actually uh, uh, because somebody is coming back or somebody is coming in back to town uh, or into town. So I, I think you're on to something there that it's going to be one of those. But we will ask RJ. He's obviously more plugged in with the day to day uh, being around the team as much as he is. Uh, this one I just wanted to get to from Joshua, just because I know Joshua is on the East Coast and this is, you know, like one in the morning time. So I want to be able to answer your, your comment here and your question here, Joshua, just so uh, if you want to be getting to bed soon, you can. Uh, Dylan, can you talk about, explain the whole Tanev situation at the end there? Why did he get ejected too? So that was an interesting situation. First off, let's just start with like the tripping penalty from Perron on Tanev with the empty net. Should he have been awarded a free goal there? What's the situation there? Um, if in a situation like that, if there's an empty net opportunity, a player's on the breakaway and the penalty gets caused that, that keeps them from getting or completing a scoring chance, the player is generally just awarded the goal because without that penalty having taken place, the player would have scored. It was an empty net. They had a breakaway, all that kind of stuff. I do kind of agree with the refs that he wasn't quite to that level of like automatic scoring um, given the way things were. I mean, they were still jostling back and forth there. It wasn't, it wasn't clear to me, even watching the replay, that yes, 100% for sure Tanev was going to be able to control that puck, gain possession of the puck, away from Tanev as they're battling for the for the loose puck, gain possession of the puck, go in and get that automatic scoring chance. So I kind of agree with them not automatically awarding the, the, the penalty there. When it comes to how everything else was handled, so obviously Bertuzzi, and they never gave us a good replay on the Root broadcast. I don't know if the Red Wings broadcast did. Obviously Bertuzzi did something as the, the linesman was kind of just already walking Tanev away, uh, obviously frustrated Tanev as anybody would be in that situation. Um, Bertuzzi did something. He, he like slashed towards the backside of, of Tanev, it looks like, and he also clipped the linesman. And I think that's part that's that's really clear because the lineman immediately points to him looking at the ref like, OK, that guy, need, you know, he did something. He says something. I don't know what he said, um, but he's clearly indicating that that player did something. And because he made contact with the with the linesman, like making contact with the linesman or a ref is like a big, big no, no and can be grounds for automatic ejection. I think that's what why Bertuzzi went. I think the reason Tanev went was just because either A, he did something to the linesman when he was trying to get to Bertuzzi that they felt was crossing a line, but more likely what I think it was with Tanev there was that they just didn't want the whole situation to spiral out of control. They didn't want Tanev to go after somebody, somebody to go after Tanev based on something he said while he was hot. I think that was just the ref saying, look, there's 30 seconds left in this game. We just want this game to end. We don't want people getting hurt. We don't want anarchy. We're just we're just going to end this. And the easiest way to send that message and to make sure that that happens is just sending both guys out of there and just getting them out of there. Don't give them a chance to fight. Don't give anybody else a chance to fight one of them. And so do I think Tanev deserved to get a, a misconduct there to get ejected? No, I really don't. I, I unless I miss something or they didn't, I, I we weren't able to see it on the video. I don't think Tanev did anything that that deserved that. I think that was strictly just the refs trying to control the last 30 minutes of a game it, that all of a sudden became very um, 
tense and and very much had a lot of stuff boiling beneath the surface so i think they just wanted to to get everybody out of there and, and cool things off so that's that's that would be my understanding uh obviously as an outsider watching that uh given given past experiences we've seen from refs and and how they've handled certain situations like this in game um uh, that's going to be my guess can ask rj we might you know he might get more um post game wise from that we'll we'll find out uh but that's that's my my uh, assessment of the situation all right uh ty way to wait to close it out and good lord grew absolutely this was like i said fantastic game from Gru again he's just awesome uh tammy slow start but they played all the way to the end great win for sure cody with the dance party that is right certainly saying the dad's got a w for sure joshua great win but can anybody tell me why it looks like the kraken are allergic to scoring empty net goals lol ask maddie uh, cause he's, he seems allergic to scoring goals period right now, no matter how amazing the chances he gives himself. Uh, it is, it is kind of funny, Michael. Well, I think you could put the whole, who is the Kraken starting goalie thing to rest. Absolutely. Now there might be a time in the future where things start to look a little bit different again. Um, I got to hope that maybe Hackstall can, has learned to maybe spot that a little sooner, uh, and can go ahead and make those, make that switch if he needs to, obviously right now. There is no need. Just get Grubauer in there as much as you possibly can. He's ready. Lindsay, Maddie was on fire tonight. Those passes were ridiculous. My three stars for the night, Gru, Ebbs, and Maddie. I would agree with you, Lindsay. I felt like they were the three best players for the Kraken. There was a lot of great performances from the Kraken. I thought Yanni had a really good game. I thought um, Allison did a great job during that second intermission talking about the value of Alexander Wenberg, something we've talked about on these post games before, uh, in shutting down Dylan Larkin, somebody who's been red hot i should know he's on my fantasy team uh he's been red hot for the red wings we saw him get a goal late in this one um and also how about that decision by the red wings with like four minutes left down three to go ahead and pull the goalie i'm gonna just go out there and say this I'm, i know i'm giving credit to an opponent i loved that call by the red wings coach i think that's exactly the kind of message you need to send to your guys is like we just always believe that we can be in this game and we can always potentially come back. I thought that was kind of cool. It was, it's, a, it's a gutsy move, but I, I thought it was kind of a cool move. Uh, let's see. Finally, some consistent goal support for Gruby, right? I know it only took us 55 games. <laughs> oh man. Coop. Yeehaw, baby. What an unreal effort all around. Ebbs, Gru, Gordo, Maddie, such a fun game to watch. Also, we are so bad at empty netters. Lol. Hey, look, if there's, if, if you got to be bad at something scoring on an empty net, it should be the thing that you're bad at. As far as I'm concerned, that's, that's like best case scenario. This is what we, what we can't do. Right. Uh, Michael Red Wings played a really impressive game and yet still a strong crack and win. Definitely. There was a couple times that, you know, the Red Wings were able to get some decent zone time uh, on the crack and their crack and defense. They kind of did their their thing again where they look a little panicky. And, and I'm including forwards in on this too. And it's not just the defensemen. They get a little panicky. Their internal clock of how long they have to maybe make a move or settle something down and, and really try to find the best passing opportunity 
it gets a little, they get a little spooked. I don't know how else to say it, but they very much feel like, oh no, the puck's on my stick. I got to move it as fast as I can. And you don't always need to do that uh, when a situation becomes hectic. If you can actually, if you know you have the time and space, slow things down a little bit. You can steal some of that momentum away. You can have everybody on your team out there on the ice, take that little bit of a breath and calm down and start thinking again. And I, and I still feel like that's one of those few Achilles heels that we've seen kind of consistently sprinkled in throughout the season for the Kraken. We saw it in this one because of what the Red Wings were doing. Uh, like you said, Michael, they did play an impressive game there. This is a team that was on a five game win streak. Obviously the Kraken are better. Uh, they were, they were able to get good goals. They were able to kind of, pick apart the Red Wings defense, especially their defensemen tonight. Uh, they did a really good job of that. But uh, if, if I did have like one takeaway of like, what's the one thing the Kraken need to work on after this one? It's just that when things start to get a little hectic, a little frenetic in the defensive end, go ahead and calm things down. It's okay. There are, there's always times where you're going to have that little extra half second of time and space that you can go ahead and use. And maybe you'll see a better opportunity to get the puck out of there and, and kind of kill all of that momentum that the other team's getting. Kraken Hawk word on the street is that uh grew hater land of late is down. Is that, is that, is, whoa, sorry. Word on the street is that uh, down at crack at grew Haterland as of late, all you can hear is crickets. I thought the same thing during this one, Kraken Hawk, and I apologize for stumbling and fumbling my way through your comment there. That is all on me. Um, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, I haven't been seeing all those tweets about how uh, bad he's been. I wonder what happened to all those people. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay with the Grubauer for Vesna, Haka, JK, unless. Look, he plays the rest of this way. He plays this way the rest of the season. Maybe it's possible there. Hockey Fork. I know it's not that kind of hockey anymore, but I really wish we had someone who would take a run at Bertuzzi the second the buzzer sounded. Well, he was already in the locker room. I, I kind of talked about this already. That's that's why the refs sent him and Tanov off was they didn't want a situation like that to develop. Uh, it's clear that that is the one kind of thing that the league has started to take more seriously and, and try to get out of the game. And so the refs, did what they were supposed to there, what the NHL wants them to do uh, and, and kind of keep that from happening. I do think though, based on, you know, we talked about this last time, how this team has responded to when guys take runs at Maddie. I think someone on this team definitely would have done that. So um, uh, I, I think we know the team still has that mentality to stick up for each other, but I do agree with the refs kind of just getting everybody out of there and not letting things develop into a, a bad situation uh coop not gonna lie really wish maddie finished that drive to the bucket or one of the other wide open shots uh i'm with you i i think you know i want him to score goals he's he's doing he's working so hard to get there these are incredible chances and to be honest like that one you're talking about that would have been a great highlight reel come you know highlight reel goal of like look how talented and a hard worker this kid is that could have used come calder voting time but uh, this is the way it is. James, love this team as the biggest Beneers stand. I can say I'm pumped for him right now. Looks fast, smooth, solid. He absolutely does, James. Absolutely. He is, he is back to kind of looking like the Kraken's best player. 
because he's still giving that that consistent, solid defensive effort. Is he the best defender amongst the forwards on this team? Maybe not yet. I think Wenberg still has that title, but he's right up there as top two or three. Uh, McCann's also very, very good there. Um, but then you look at the offensive chances he's able to generate for this team. And then the respect Detroit was giving him because of that opens things up for that Alexiak goal at four on four um, because you have he's sucking in all of the defenders and all of the attention of the Red Wings because they're just like, we have to give it to this guy because, yes, we've, we've just gotten lucky, essentially, that he hasn't scored already on us. And, and that just tells you the kind of uh, impact that he's making when teams are obviously dedicating that much attention defensively to him. Uh, Tammy, thank you very much for reminding everybody to like the stream. I like the little Afra emo, uh, emoji there. Um, Bron, hey, all. Uh, how sure are we that Gruby is for sure back? I think we were very, very for sure that he is back. Um, everybody talking about Maddie playing out of his mind. That's right, Coop. He's up to 40 points. It's fantastic. Krakenock, if we've learned anything about this team this year, it's that they are streaky when we get multiple goals from numerous players. Win streaks start. They're getting hot again. That is true. They are getting hot again. They're kind of putting to shame this whole month-to-month -month thing that we had going on. We thought we had finally figured it out, and maybe it was a month-to-month -month thing, but here we are in February looking pretty, pretty good. Chris, we're staying up late tonight. Shut down a hot Detroit team. Grew was hot tonight. My goodness, that late spell in the third. Absolutely, and I do want to thank everybody, uh, whether you're East Coast, Central time mountain time uh, pacific time like me it's still it's 10 30 <laughs> it's late uh, i i do thank all of you for for being here and and being here together as, as i look up we've got 114 people in here thank you very much uh let's see uh was hoping for tandem to punch bertuzzi i know so we talked about their strata can we talk a little bit about how bad a pairing of sharat and heronic is it's rough. Uh, Ronick also on my fantasy team. I had three Red Wings tonight. This was a brutal night for me, but in a good way because uh, it meant the Kraken did well. Uh, that was that was terrible. I know that it was it was awful strategic. I, I don't know what else to talk about, but it was bad. It was really, really bad bearing for them. Um, Shushan, we're going streaking. Yes, we'll get RJ and all that uh, when he comes in. Uh, ben, how about the Kings blowing a four goal lead tonight too? Yes. Kings playing against Arizona. I don't know who actually ends up winning that game. Uh, the Kings looks like they got it in the shootout. That's unfortunate, but they had a five, one lead at the end of the first period and they allowed Arizona back in that game. So there's, there's trouble in LA land. We'll just say, um, let's see. Maddie makes some insane passes. Some of these are McDavid esque from Michael. They are. I mean, he's, he is. He sees the ice so well. This was one of the things that was very apparent to me when I saw him in that warm-up. Um, that first uh, morning skate that he did at CPA was just that he saw the ice differently from everybody else. And he knows how to get the puck there. We saw it with his first NHL point in his first NHL game as he makes this in this total diagonal cross zone pass, no look to Ryan Donato to pick up that primary assist. He is special when it comes to offense. I, it's so easy to talk about the defense and the 200 foot game and the effort he puts in on the four check and the PK and all of that other stuff. But the bottom line is 
behind all that stuff that's really easy to talk about is this guy that it that sees the game in a way very few other people on the planet can and we got to see some of that tonight we've been seeing more of it lately as he kind of recovers from what again what we assume was a concussion um these last couple games it seems like incrementally he's just stepping it up stepping it up stepping it up and i'm really really intrigued to see what that ends up looking like and i'm really happy that he's just getting back on the board you can tell that it's helped his confidence it's it's causing him to try more out there and i just love to see that and it's going to really help out his calder campaign as well tammy yanni all over special teams he was he was uh all over the place tonight that's why i included him uh when i was talking about the guys that stood out to me because Yanni Gord has really taken to heart this whole like net front on the power play role. Obviously, he's a fantastic penalty killer. We know that about him. But I love seeing him out there on the power play in that net front role. I really think that that's helped uh, a lot of things out for this team. And then just the way that they're trying to pass down low, utilize maybe guys below the goal line to get things going. Like the, the power play has just looked so different. I know they weren't able to score tonight, but they've looked so different. Uh, since the Kraken have gotten back to Seattle, and I'm I'm thrilled by it. Jake Wallman led the Wings in game score. Lol from Alex. I'm sure Striatics happy about that. Oh yeah, here we go. Of course, Wallman led the, the Wings in game score. He's fantastic, and the Kraken should acquire him. Uh, yes, he did have a decent game. Uh, Michael, wonder what the expected goals for this game is. Wouldn't be surprised if it favored the Red Wings. It's possible that it did, but there's also some like the Tolvin in goal. RJ had a fantastic tweet over on the ECH uh, Twitter account about like, I wonder what the expected goals is for that Tolvin in goal where you've got him and Geeky just completely wide open and all alone in front of Huso. Also on my fantasy team. I, that's it. I promise that that, that was everybody. Um, all alone in front of Huso, just for that tap in on the empty net. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that. Expected goals were in favor of the Kraken, 3.97 for the Kraken, so very much in line with what they got, and 3.14 for the Red Wings. So yeah, it was it was a it was a you know closer than maybe what most of that game looked like. Uh, but that's just because Grubauer is playing so out of his mind. It's awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, that should have been a goal for Tanev. This was one of the worst officiated games we've had in a while from the Dalek there. Uh, I, I spoke about it before. I could see why they didn't award Tanev the goal just because he didn't really have possession of the puck when things went down, when he was taken down uh, with the trip. So I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Um, but uh, it the rest of the game, I don't know. I've seen worse. It it feels like I, I didn't see things that were too blatant. Um, like they called the kind of cut and dry high sticking calls. I don't know. It, it wasn't great. I'll, I definitely agree with you there, but uh, I think it was okay. Um, fight everyone, Turbo. Let's go from Nathan. Definitely. Cody with the shout out to all the East Coasters and folks across the pond who stay up for these games. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sitting there on the couch watching that third period yawning. You just can't help it, right? Um, but uh, then then the Kraken, you know, they play like they did and you just can't help but get energized, fired up about it. That's why I had all this energy talking to you guys. You guys all get me fired up. I just love talking about this team, especially when they play like they play tonight. Um. Uh, Ira also wanted to comment that the banter between John, Eddie, and JT has been amazing this year. Glad the chemistry between all three has grown through the season. Definitely. I mean, there's there's lots of stuff that they talk about that I just sit there and I just go like, 
huh? What? Am I, am I hearing this right? Is this what's being talked about right now during this hockey game while the play is ongoing? This is what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. And they find it's not like they're only doing fun stuff. They also are are all three of them extremely good at breaking down what's going on, talking about the game, being involved with the game. You know, I, at, at a moment's notice, they can snap back to what's going on in the game if the game dictates that. Um, so just the fact that they can educate as well as they do, they can be as entertaining as they are. It's, it's a really, really special group. And, um, you know, whether you're new to, to hockey, new to sports, as I know some of you are, just know this, this is, not common at all. This is beyond uncommon. This is very rare. Uh, if we're going with like a trading card game thing, we're past rare. This is like the secret rare stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that just doesn't happen that you get a group of people and then you start throwing in people like Allison Piper just to round out the whole thing. And it's just, it's incredible. Uh, it can't be stated enough how awesome everybody is at all of this stuff. Speaking of awesome uh, reporters, people who cover cover the team, all that kind of stuff. Let's go ahead and I guess we'll bring in RJ because he gets to be around all those awesome people. I knew you I knew you wouldn't be going straight forward on that. Uh, I knew there had to be some kind of backhanded comment there. But you're right. I do get to be around all those awesome people. So hopefully, you know, some of that can rub off on me and uh, I can I can pretend to be a, a great reporter for you guys tonight. Yeah, no, you, you do a great job. Um, we had a, a, a couple questions about things. I already kind of broke down like my opinion of how things ended there. Uh, but just because I see another comment here from Sarah about kind of what happened with that last penalty and how everything went down. Do you want to give your opinion on both just whether or not Tanev should have been awarded the, the goal and then also why he was also kind of given the misconduct and, and, and sent out of the game? Right. So, um, I mean, first of all, I know it's a judgment call there and I, you know, I don't want to question the officiating too much on that. I probably would have awarded the goal. Um, it, it looked like he had a clear enough, you know, shot of it to me, uh, that it, you know, was going in without that penalty. So I probably would have uh, awarded the goal. Um, but it, you know, it is a tough call and I know the, the officials don't all, you know, you, you want to, you, you don't want to, uh, you know, be willy nilly just awarding yes. goals. You want to make sure it's something clear. So I get that. Um, and then as far as why he got the misconduct too. So um, what happened is, you know, Tanev was just kind of there after the play and then Bertuzzi, I don't know how much the broadcast showed it, but Bertuzzi gave him a whack, whack. Uh, you know, and then that just absolutely set Tanev off. He was, you know, trying to get around the, the linesman, trying to get back at Bertuzzi, doing everything he possibly could. And at that point, what the officials are going to want to do is just, send both guys off, just get that whole situation off the ice with so little time left. And it you know, doesn't matter who started, doesn't matter whose fault it was, just need to get those two guys away from the game. It's, it's part of that game management. They made the right call there. That's pretty much what any official would do. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, so I agree with you on that second part. That's what I felt like was happening was they just didn't want anything to escalate. Just get rid of both of them and get through the last 30 seconds of the game. I, yeah. I actually disagreed with you. I, I understood why they didn't award Tanev the goal because he didn't really have like possession of the puck really like it was still kind of a battle around that so i could see them not okay. wanting to go with it but you know that's it's i'll have to go back I, and watch it because it's I, subjective I, it's very i only subjective. saw it live uh, so i'm assuming yeah. you've seen a replay 
yeah, it's a very subjective kind of thing there. Uh, we've been talking about all the East Coast people, all the people over in Europe, RJ, and staying up for this one. Barbara, 4.30 alarm today, debating if I'm going back, if, debating if going back to sleep is smart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, Barbara, for getting up and for being here with us. I, yes. I can't believe that. Um, but uh, admire the dedication. That is awesome. Definitely. Yeah, rough 7.30 start time. Yep, as Rebecca said, at least you're rewarded with a W, Barbara. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, let's see here. Uh, Daniel asking, would you start Jones against the Sharks or keep riding Grubauer? Yeah, lots of talk about how fantastic Grubauer was, of course, after this performance. But you give Martin Jones the revenge game? I don't know. I mean, just uh, Martin Jones, San Jose, I just it scares me. I, I don't know why exactly, but just... I don't know. It, it scares me a little bit. I, I would try and keep riding Grubauer here. I don't think you're in real danger of burning him out too much. I mean, we're, we're not at that point yet. He hasn't played a whole lot of games this season. You don't want to mess with a good thing. I just go right back to Grubauer. You need these points. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Gregory asking, when was the last time Gru has started three straight games? This is the Grubauer that I know and love. Been a while. <laughs> yeah, back last season is, is the answer. Yeah um Lindsay borgen had another sneaky good game yeah i know he 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 did that that deep pairing of him and alexiak it just there is no other roller coaster like it i know i they they were good again tonight i thought um yeah i mean i, I don't know how much you talked about it but like they, this time it felt like susie schultz was bad or worse tonight than than alexiak borgen but i liked what i saw from those two it, it is a roller coaster i if the Kraken have practice tomorrow, and I don't know if they will, but if they do, I'm going to ask Haxtell about it. In in terms of just, hey, what have you seen that you've liked from those D combos? You know, got to phrase it the right way, but I, I'm curious what his thoughts are on that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Light, with that win, we've beaten all original six teams this year. Also got to give big props, uh, big rig props. Looks like he got it together after the last few bad games. So yeah, similar to what we were just talking about. But yeah, yeah. how about that? Got the, got the sweep of the original six there, RJ. Okay. Oh, sorry. yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, maybe you I know the, the next okay. comment. No, I was I was looking for one that we had talked about earlier that I was going to get your opinion on. So I was trying to remember what it was. Oh, okay. Was go back for it. But I'll I'll let you talk about this one from Cameron while I go look for it. Would Larkin be a worthwhile trade target? Uh, I think he would cost too much. And you're, if you look at the prices of players that are out there, you see what Ryan O'Reilly fetched last night. Um, you're talking about multiple high draft picks or, or a very good prospect. I mean, of course, Dylan Larkin is going to make this team better this year. There's no question about that. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just not going to be worth the price given where the Kraken are at. I think they don't need to mortgage the future there. Um, and, and then I, I still think the Red Wings might try and get an extension done with them. I know they like him. Yeah, I know. It's it's a real tough situation for them with him as far as like how close are they really to, to competing and all that kind of stuff. But I've always been a big fan of Dylan Larkin and his game. We saw it tonight, what he can do. He is a fantastic player. So yeah, if for some reason Detroit is looking to move on from him, even though they're kind of trying to push for the playoffs here, uh, I would definitely be interested in him. Uh, it would be interesting too, after the Ryan O'Reilly trade, what the asking price uh, would kind of be on somebody. Would have to think it'd be higher. Uh, I would think so too. Um, I don't know why I can't find. I'm just like totally spacing on what the the, the comment has was oh, that, no. that I was like, oh no, I oh, well, let's get RJ's uh, 
opinion on I don't that. Know. So if anybody remembers, throw it down at the bottom of the chat. We'll get it, we'll we'll get to it here in a little bit. Uh Rebecca, speaking of things we're bad at, how was the face-off percentage tonight? I feel like I noticed a lot of big wins. DJ and Tay, next comment. Did we win the face-off battle tonight? We did actually, 54%. So good job, Kraken. All right. <laughs> you were That's good at stuff. Yeah. Uh, Medeiros, the combo of Grubauer right now and the goal support Jones was getting were red hot. I'm having a great week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. I mean, yeah, we're getting the Martin Jones team in front of Philip Grubauer and it's it's amazing. I mean, this is kind of what we were dreaming of earlier on in the season. Um, yeah, just great that they get that form. Yes. Um, Lindsay asking, are the Kraken and Red Wings the two fastest teams in the league? Because damn, the speed was apparent tonight, especially in the first and second. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a fast-paced game. There was a lot of speed going back and forth. Um, and, and I think that is kind of the way that both teams like to play, you know, in a game like this. And, um, you know, once the score, you know, once the Kraken take a bigger lead and everything, you try and slow the game down and you're, you're not playing that fast, uh, you know, just by design trying to hold a lead. But, yeah, the pace in this game, especially, like, coming out to start the first period, I'm like – Oh man, you could tell the, I think I tweeted, you could tell the dads are in the building, like the effort, the energy, the hustle, it was all there. Uh, yes, it was. And it, I mean, you talk about a team with like somebody like a Dylan Larkin, we've seen win fastest skater in the past, right? Like, you know, that that's up for it. I just, I love any sort of game like this that has that back and forth fast paced style. It's fantastic. All right. So the, the question that we were going to ask you, RJ was, uh, it was actually a super chat. So that's even more embarrassing that I forgot it. <laughs> uh, but it was, was Hayden sent down for Drieger coming back, Burakovsky coming back or because of an incoming trade? Uh, well, I, I could, if it's an incoming trade, I, I wouldn't be able to, you know, to, to say that cause I wouldn't know, but, um, I think what it is, is just a bank cap space. I think the, the plan was to bring, you know, put Sprong back in the lineup. And if you're going to do that, you might as well send Hayden down because you just don't need that extra reserve player. And the Kraken need to bank all the cap space they can, whether it's for a potential trade, whether it's for even, you know, having enough uh, cap space left for, you know, potential Matty Beneers performance bonuses. I covered a few of these things in, in the Armchair GM sure. chat. And it, going to the front page of Armchair GM when I was doing that chat, it showed the Kraken as actually having like negative cap space, you know, on that day, which again, you need to free up some money there. And so sending Hayden down as a way to do that. The other thing though, and I think this might be the, um, the biggest reason is to avoid having to put him on waivers again. I, I forgot to check earlier yeah. today, but the clock of basically how long he was up in the NHL, but I think he was approaching the amount of time where he would need to go through waivers again in order for them to send him down. And you got to figure if you do that, you're probably going to lose them. Yeah, that's 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 a good one. That's that's the one I forgot because I had thought about the, the banking of the cap space. I didn't realize quite the situation that they were in because it, it, it fluctuates day to day. The cap drives me crazy. Um, but because I was like, well, if you send it down for like just a couple of days, are you really banking that much space like as far as being usable? But I was only thinking of like trade wise. I forgot like the idea of. Well, if Drieger's coming off of IR and you got to hold on to him, uh, that's that's cap coming back on uh, that you got to deal with. And then you have the performance bonuses from Maddie. So this is why you host the Armchair GM streams and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, I uh, mean, get me trying to scout the players out there tonight. We'll see why you run the scouting streams. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, just a reminder, everybody, Patreon link in the description below. All of our past live streams, whether it's my prospect ones or your armchair GM ones, if you sign up for the Patreon, you have access to the to the VODs of that. You can go back and watch it. Uh, you won't be live to participate in chat, but you'll be able to get all that information still just the same. So if you feel like you've missed out or anything, don't worry. It's all there if you want to go ahead and sign up. Uh, Coop, <laughs> damn, Arizona came all the way back against the Kings and then lost an OT. I know, that was crazy. As we were doing all the scoreboard watching, Edzo talked about it on the broadcast, RJ. That's what things are things are about right now for the Kraken is that, that out-of-town scoreboard watching. And uh, eh, not the greatest of nights for that. <laughs> at least the Kraken. No, un unfortunately, yeah. It doesn't really help the Kraken at all if the Kings you know, win there. it's uh, I guess it gets them one less regulation win, but it you know, doesn't really help. Yes. Um, <laughs> we need the story as to why Dylan owns three Red Wings in fantasy. Dylan's fantasy players ate all their Wheaties this week. It's actually ridiculous. Yes, Rebecca knows. Rebecca's in the league. Uh, my team is kind of going off. I'm not going to say too much. We still got one day left. I'm not going to try to jinx anything. <laughs> but uh, it's hey, Red Wings are a hot team, okay? I, I picked them up because of it. All right, leave me alone. Hot and ready. <laughs> Yep, exactly. As Alex talking about too, making celebratory hot shocky because why not? Exactly, why not? You're staying up with us on the East Coast. You need it. Uh, need the sugar and caffeine. Maddie, 55% on the dot, Coop pointing out. I was just talking about right before you joined us, RJ, Maddie looks like he's incrementally getting better and better. We talked about him a lot early on. Um, all the fantastic passing, the playmaking, his vision, the speed. But yeah, I mean, even faceoffs. I don't. That might be his best day, best night on the faceoff dot all season. I've got to go look at his game log. I think that might actually be the best there. Uh, good for him. I, I thought he was great tonight. It's so confident too. You could tell coming off of that ten game uh, point drought and and breaking that last game, he's just kind of reached this whole other level now with his confidence. The way he's seeing the ice, I'm just so impressed by. You look at his two assists where they're just tape to tape passes to guys you know in the zone and on that first one just drawing the defender he's got a defender basically all over him and he still finds everly right on the tape i mean that's those are the kind of plays that you don't see when a, a player is in a, a long scoring slump um but it, it seems to all be going right for him and, and of course everly too the two of them uh seem to be heating up together yeah uh, i just went and pulled up his game log he actually has had two two games in which uh tied at the top 66.7 percent face off did he take yeah. three face offs no he won 10 and lost five okay <laughs> i was oh, like that's yeah. even third numbers i was like i know i know uh no so and no uh, one of those was that chicago game that we had our uh, watch party up at queen and beer hall so okay see i, I must have missed it because of all the goals yes. <laughs> all eight goals i probably missed the face-offs yeah we definitely weren't paying attention to, to face-offs we were talking about the goals there um but yeah everything that maddie's been up to lately has just been fantastic evan i wanted an ebbs hattie i know when the crack had actually scored their fourth goal which was like the easiest goal in the history of goals i i said oh no now we're not going to get the empty netter for ebbs Yep. Hey, they still had a shot and they put him out there too. Unfortunately, it resulted yeah. in the Red Wings goal. And after that point, I'm like, all right, well, he's not seeing the ice for the rest of this game. Um, and, and that turned out to be the case. Um, but uh, yeah, he had a shot at it, but uh, yeah, I just couldn't get it to happen. I know he's the only player to a Kraken player to have a hat trick in this building. So um, I don't know. I just, I felt those vibes again, but it wasn't to be. 
Yeah, I know. I I was kind of feeling those two in front of his dad too. Like that would have been really really cool. Uh, yeah, cool we got story. to talk to him and his dad this morning. They were great. I mean, like that was so fun this morning getting to talk to all the dads. Like I I I was thinking, you know, if I, I you know I, I can't give in what I'm doing, but man, if I was just some neutral or whatever, I would I would put money on the crack and on this game tonight because you could tell they were feeling good. They were out there to impress the dads. Like I just there was no doubt in my mind the Kraken were going to win tonight. I was going to say, Dad's going on road trip. They're going to be in yes, San Jose. they are. They're going on the San Jose road trip. I will. I will try and you know get some more good content and stories from all of that uh, as I go to San Jose there too. Yep, definitely. Uh, one of the other things that's been talked about, kind of, I think, separate from the Tanov situation at the end, was the idea of like that a couple people have brought up in chat, like you know, really not happy with the officiating in this one i i didn't think it was the greatest game but i didn't think it was that bad either do you kind of have an opinion on it yeah I, I thought it was fine i you know there there wasn't anything egregious that stood out to me i know there was um you know a couple complaints on the missed calls i i know a lot of um you know the red wings fans or so that i was seeing in twitter were complaining uh before you know before the alexiak goal that there was a you know a missed trip there and a few things but ultimately i thought I don't know. The missed calls basically kind of evened out. They just weren't calling much. Um, yeah, and I thought that were. was okay. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I thought they were okay. They kind of called the, the obvious stuff, the high. Yeah. Like that, the, the double minor high stick and ones yeah. like that. They call. Yeah. That's, that's the stuff that you can expect. Coop. One thing that popped out to me and has for a while, Wenberg needs to be off of our power play. Tolvi put a perfect pass right to him and he didn't even have his stick on the ice net front. Like he's standing straight up and down in the net front uh position plus he's not even that good at face-offs <laughs> I mean, yeah I, I mean i've kind of been saying this we've been saying this as far as uh you know that you need a solution there and our solution was yanni gord put yanni gord net front and then hey they put yanni gord net front and it's amazing and it works great uh, but it's just on the other unit they moved Jaden schwartz off of there and put him into the bumper I wonder if you if you could maybe put Jaden Schwartz in Wenberg's place and then move someone else to the bumper. I don't know. It feels a lot of like a lot of unnecessary shifting, but um, really the Kraken only have two solid net front guys. That's Yanni Gordon, Jaden Schwartz, and yeah. Um, yeah, that's. But it was funny also hearing Hackstall this morning talk about Yanni Gord going net front, and he said uh, that yeah, I mean Yanni's showing us that yeah, maybe we should have made that move a lot sooner. Like he probably should have been there a lot a lot earlier. Like yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that f seems like something that should have happened. It seemed pretty natural. I mean, you even said, like, to the, to us, the media, like, you guys come to all the practices, all the morning seats. You see him out there just spending hours in front of the net tipping pucks. Like, that's that's what he does after every practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to tell us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's been one. I, I talked earlier about uh, I, how much I love seeing him out there net front on the power play and what it's done. And and the other changes that they've made to the power play too, just the, the different areas in which they're trying to pass from they're They're not seeming allergic to dropping below the goal line. If they have to, to move things around, like all of that stuff's fantastic. They're utilizing open space, which is, you know, something you have available to you on a power play. And it's, it's nice to kind of see them finally do things like that. Sean, another great Kraken home win. Is Grubauer's save percentage above 900 now? Also, how is Wenberg leading all Kraken forwards in time on ice per game despite his modest offensive stats? We'll start, I'll start with the easy one with Grubauer. His save percentage was 900 coming into this game, and then he finished with 913. So, yes, it's over 900. It's been over 900 for about a week now. Um, 
or up and down. Hallelujah. Yes, I know. We finally got there. As for Wenberg, um, I mentioned it earlier. Allison did a good job talking about it. We've talked about it in the past, RJ. Wenberg brings a lot to the table uh, as far as what he can do defensively. Allison talked during the second intermission. I know you didn't get to see this, RJ, about him shutting down Dylan Larkin in this game. And Dylan Larkin, through the first two periods, only essentially having like one shot on goal, uh, only a couple shot attempts. And, and that being the work of Wenberg really kind of focusing on him and trying to slow him down as he was on a seven game point streak or a six game point streak and really been leading the Red Wings here. So I think that's partly why you see the Wenberg ice times. He's, he's PK and power play, which helps boost that ice time. But also they do give him um, a pretty big responsibility as far as shutting down other guys. Yeah, he's got a sizable shutdown role, and I think that's only grown recently uh, as uh, you're, you're having him paired with a guy like Brandon Tanev and Jaden Schwartz, and that trio can really be a proper shutdown unit for you. Um, and, yeah, they use him to great effect against Dylan Larkin in this game. Um, and so, he, yeah, he plays a lot of those quiet minutes, but generally, you know, it's quiet for the other team as well. Um, and I think um, maybe you can check me on this, but I think Wenberg has the fewest shots on goal of like any regular crack at four besides Morgan Geeky. Um, I don't I, I heard that somewhere and I'm not sure if it's true, but if so, that's still kind of wild, given that he, uh, you know, leads the, the forwards at ice time. Yeah, I was going to say, assuming you're throwing out defensemen, which would make sense. I yeah, saw he, four, yeah, forwards, yeah, yeah, regular yeah. forwards. Coming into this game, he only had 70 shots on goal, which is not a lot through 55 games at the time. So, yeah, it's it's definitely that situation. Hardly surprising. <laughs> I could have probably yeah. guessed that. <laughs> we all know uh, he's definitely got a pass-first mentality. But, uh, yeah, it is one of those uh, interesting situations. Um, Joey, I was at the game, RJ. I hope you had a fantastic time, Joey. Uh, this was a good one to be at, definitely. Um, Stratic, did Gru get a good goalie smooch from McCann? I think the broadcast was trying to catch it, but missed it. I unfortunately missed it too, because McCann was one of the very first people to go to. I know he's always okay. Here's this is what happens: the goalie smooch player is always at the end of the line. Like yep. this is what it Colin always at the yep. end of the line. McCann last time always at the end of the line. He was first this time. I was not ready for it, and and so I missed it. Yeah, no, that's so, fine. I'm sorry. I saw him skating away. I'm like, no, <laughs> oh, no. what was this? I, do we know how Colin feels about all this? By the way. We don't. I know. Next time you guys make a trip down to Coachella Valley, you got to ask him about he's, it. He's like, that's my thing. Like, I did that. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm, uh, you trapped me in the AHL and stole my thing. <laughs> I'm such like, a fun uh, revenge thriller that we can make here over the offseason with these guys. Tammy, did everyone see the clip uh, from two nights ago where Yanni was given the hat and immediately gave it to Borgen? Super classy move on Yanni's part. That was a fun video. <laughs> It was no that that was a really fun video and and I'm telling you I, I think I, I said this in the post game that Yanni like immediately said Will Borgen was our best player tonight like and just mm -hmm. sung his praises so uh, he like unprompted too so you could tell he was very convinced that Will Borgen had an amazing game so I wasn't surprised to see the hat video um, yeah that was a great one and also I like the the short little legs comment from Jaden Schwartz from five ten Jaden Schwartz to five nine Yanni Cord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's is pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, Gru's got to be the favorite probably for this one, but with these guys, you never know. 
Yeah, no, it's exactly. I don't know. Could be, be Gru, Maddie, Ebbs. They'll probably give it to like Susie or something just because it seems like <laughs> yeah. that's what ends up happening. Um, Coop, RJ, what are your thoughts on Kraken trade deadline moves now that O'Reilly is off the board? Well, O'Reilly was kind of the top target I wanted. I didn't know he was going to be that expensive. I'm glad the Kraken didn't pay that price for him. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what you do at this point. I mean, you know, maybe a, like a Sam Lafferty or you know just some depth center. I, I still don't know that you really need that. That that much that's that much of an upgrade, especially given you know what I've heard is that they want you know a couple second round picks for him. I don't, you know, I wouldn't pay that price. I, I know that's just the asking price, I know. but um, I mean, you know. I, I'm not in support of a Jonathan Taves trade, but you know, that's the only Avenue I could see them going potentially if, if the price was low, because he's like, all right, fine. I only want to go to like one or two teams then maybe, but it's just so expensive. It's clearly shaping up to be a seller's market. And if that's the case, I don't think Ron Francis is going to want to, you know, to dip his toes into such a strong seller's market. There's a reason he made that Magna deal so far ahead of everything. It's just to get mm -hmm. ahead of all that, those bidding wars and all of that stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised to just see no more moves from them or something very, very minor. Uh, no, Chad already gave us the solution. We trade for Dylan Larkin. We give him a big contract. Everything's great. Everything's fine. We do it. <laughs> I just, just keep everything. him here. Don't everything, let him leave. Everything I said about Bo, Bo Horvat, it's, but it's even better with Dylan Larkin. Let's make it happen. I'm all <laughs> for it. Um, Jonathan Taves, he's been on IR since the 7th of February with an illness. Is that just them not wanting him to get hurt? I haven't followed the situation that closely, or is this maybe something cropping up from like, you know, a couple seasons ago when he missed significant time? I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen anything, you know, like confirming one way or another. I'm just not sure. Trade yeah. related illness. I don't know. I know. I don't know either. I'm, I'm genuinely curious about that. Um, Cause it's kind of before all that other stuff came down to put him on, on that on the seventh. Uh, so it's an interesting situation. I don't know. I'm still kind of the mindset. Maybe you just keep Susie and that's your, your deadline acquisition is just holding on to Susie for the rest of the year. And just let's let it ride and see what happens. I'm, I'm really kind of on board with that at this point. Yeah, I could see that. Although I'm still like, if you can get some kind of crazy good return for Susie, I still think you got to do it. Yeah, I know. A first round pick would be hard to turn down for Carson. Yeah, that's a first round pick. Like, that's the line. If some team's offering yep. you a first for Susie, you do it. This draft class is so stacked. Yeah. Exactly. Because, uh, yeah, you can always package those, move up, all sorts of stuff come available to you there. Um, Jake, do you think Maddie hits 60 points this season? He's currently on pace for 58 and a half. Ooh. I, I think he probably does because I think he's just going to pick, again, th this pace is given a very recent, you know, 10 game point drought. I think he's going to start to, you know, heat up again and, and pick things up. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's tough because it's, you know, you kind of have to go near a point per game to, to stay on that pace. But I think he can do it. Again, yeah. the Kraken also have, the I think, the weakest schedule for the rest of the season of any NHL team. So, yeah. yeah. It's now second the second week? weakest. It's okay. now the second weakest because some things shifted, I think, in, you know, in part also because of Detroit for this game might have single-handedly done that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's the second weakest. Uh, but So, yeah, it's still a fantastic schedule for them. Look, this is this is kind of normal for rookies. And we haven't talked about it a lot because of how great Maddie is. But if you go back to some of the stuff we talked about preseason, um, 
this is this is to be expected with rookies. And we talked about the idea of maybe keeping his ice time low. Maybe the coaching staff would want to do something like that just so that he doesn't burn out. Because a lot of guys, their first time having an 82-game full season at the NHL level, they will hit a wall at some point, whether it's because the the kind of, you know, the bruises and everything starts piling up or the conditioning's just not quite there yet. That's obviously not necessarily a concern with Matty Beneers. Um, but just because of the absolute grind that it is with the traveling and the day-to-day nature of it all, it's everybody hits a wall at some point. And I think what we saw was just Matty kind of hit his wall, but now he's bouncing back. And I think he's going to stay strong the rest of this way. That's just how he's built. It's who he is as a person. So barring anything happening, I think he can hit 60 for sure, especially if he's going to play like he did tonight. I mean, he picked up two, he picked up two fantastic assists and it felt like he left like three points on the board completely. He could have done a lot more. Yes. Uh, light also big oof in chat for the f- chat for the Flyers team who lost a 6 2 game again. Can't even imagine what Torts is gonna do to them. I yep. don't either. Oh, that's rough. Uh, Gary Marshall, good game, great goaltending. Good night, <laughs> good night, <laughs> definitely. Lindsay with the night, yes, everybody, everybody heading off. Uh, Daniel it's asking, PM now, yeah, yes, Daniel asking, how was the chili cook off, RJ? Uh, it hasn't happened yet. Okay. So it's on Wednesday. So Wednesday, seven o'clock. Yeah, come tra- taste some chili. I think it's ten bucks to taste the chili. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm huh? At Queen Anne Beer at Hall. At Queen Anne Beer Hall. So yeah, yes, yeah, at Queen Anne Beer Hall. Of course. I'm sorry, my mind got too focused on the chili. Um, <laughs> I, I just it. get this tunnel vision for the chili when I think about it. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's going to be a great event at Queen Anne Beer Hall. Yeah, no, come, come down there. You know, join everyone. It's going to be a real fun time. I'm I'm looking forward to being one of the judges. I th- I hear that there are 13 different chilies that we're going to be trying. So going to be super fun. Pretty good stuff. Uh, Daniel also asking, do you think the grandpas of the dad group get any special treatment? Did you notice anything? Uh, I'm sorry, you cut out for a bit. Oh, yeah. Actually, the Climate Pledge Arena Wi-Fi just cut out for a bit. So, <laughs> Okay. Uh, do, do you think the grandpas of the dad group get any special treatment? Ooh, do I think the grandpas get any special treatment? Did you, did you notice anything? Uh, no, I didn't, but I'm thinking, you know, did we talk to, okay, we talked to two grandpas and then just, you know, one dad. So Maddie's dad. And then the two grandpas, of course, were, well, no, actually, sorry, one grandpa, and that's uh, Darren Eberly. And then the the, uh, the grandpa to be soon, Craig Geeky. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Because Dar- Darren Eberly seemed to, you know, be getting some pretty good treatment, I guess. So, but uh, it was funny because, um, you know, there were some questions about that too. Like Craig Geeky was asked, like, what's it, you know, what's it like soon becoming a grandpa? And he's like, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's actually, to be honest, kind of weird. Like I'm, I'm 49. Like, I, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. It's a little early maybe, but uh, it's all good. Uh yeah, it's uh, and then I mean, Hackstall's got his father in law, right? I got that, yes, right? his father in law. He had yeah. a great line about that, yes, <laughs> today. He did. yeah. Uh, he I wonder does. if he ever found him because he said he's like, I haven't seen him since we came in the building, I don't know where he is, still so wandering, I wonder if he ever found him. wandering the halls of KCI. <laughs> Speaking Watch. of wandering the halls, though, there was a, there was a fun comment actually from uh, from Morgan and Craig Geeky about like, like oh have you ever been to to Climate Pledge before asking Craig and they're eventually like yeah no he was you know I was here one time uh, you know back a little while like last season and then Morgan's like yeah after dark 
<laughs> like, like, yeah, I don't know if we were supposed to be there, but uh, yeah, I've seen it before. So I don't know what the story was behind that. Yeah. Um, got a super chat here from Sean. Nice to see Maddie back at full speed the last couple of games. Saturday night dance party on the town with the dads and groove. <laughs> Some that's, very that's loud grooves tonight. Yes, they were. That was fantastic to hear from the arena. Uh, what a great line. Saturday night dance party on the town with the dads. That stick that on a shirt. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> if the if the if the dads do everyone. That, if the dads don't show up wearing that in San Jose, I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for the super chat, Sean, and thanks for the, the awesome line there. Um all right, uh Striatic, I bet Lind was like Jared. I have a mission for you while I'm gone. It's on you to smooch the goalies now. And Rebecca saying apparently McCann has a history of goalie kissing in Pittsburgh which I'm fascinated that it hasn't come up until now. Anyway, he might have seniority on Cole Lind. Mm. Interesting. I'm going to have to go back and take a look at that. That's, that is definitely interesting. Maderos, though, I like this comment. Still love that the hat videos, still love the hat videos where they are still rewarding effort, not just the score sheet. Seems like a good culture shift. I really agree with that. Yeah, and that that is what this team's culture is all about. Like this season, you can tell it's it's whoever's putting in the most effort, whoever's most grinding. Like you can tell there's full buy-in on that idea, and it just works perfectly for the hat. Definitely does. Um, absurdly saying, Gru got second star, so maybe the hat went to somebody else. Who got first star? If Gru's oh Jordan Everly got first star. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think it's deserved. Yeah, all right. Then Grug should get the hat. That's how I would read okay. that situation. Striatic, <laughs> obviously somebody who listens to us, RJ. Trade for Sean Monahan in the bargain bin. Yes, all for it, 100%. Trade for Sean Monahan all day. I don't care what you have to give up. Just go get him. There you go. For those of you who stayed up till eleven ten now to watch this, I'm gonna guys, I'm gonna give you all a behind the scenes draft day secret from Sean Monahan, okay? Because I was at that draft, the Monahan draft, 2013 draft. Uh, McKinnon went one, Seth Jones, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was there doing my yelling at the ref thing, promoting that uh, that website that I was doing at the time. I ended up getting the scouting job with Portland from that draft, all that kind of stuff. When I was going around, I was trying to give out uh, swag that I had, yelling at the ref swag to all the prospects. And one of the ones I gave a shirt to was actually Sean Monahan, who was eating a hot dog. I kid you not, trying to eat the entire hot dog in one bite while he was doing this. So I walk up to him. He shoves the entire hot dog in his mouth and then accepted the T-shirt from me, like very much with, you know, just cheeks full of hot dog and everything. So um, just going to there you go, everybody. That's your that's your reward. Staying up late tonight. You get that sweet behind the scenes Sean Monahan story. So, yes, I am all for this. You 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 must acquire this man. Uh, yeah, we, we did call him hot dog boy, you know, just uh, yes, in conversations yes. for a little while after that. I know you have more stories from that draft, too. We got to drop them on a regular podcast. Yeah, at some we point. Should. We got to do one that's just like maybe in the offseason, just all draft stories. That would be good from all the drafts because we've been to a couple together, yep. too. Um, and then we can also try to resurrect the boring Sean Monahan Twitter account. Is it, has it been dormant? Well, it, it was like three years between tweets last time, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> probably. Calgary. So my guess is it's probably. Got to bring that back. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Cameron. I think once we see in the next week, some of the teams on the playoff line, not really contenders like the Wild or Wings or the Preds fall or stay put, they'll be making decisions on players. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I'm always curious to see if, if we ever get a good trade deadline in the NHL, RJ. Hasn't happened the last couple of years. Maybe they've just been saving it up for now. 
maybe i i don't know what feels special about this season but it could i don't know it could happen uh coop i'm really really hoping that uh maddie that maddie drive to the net was a sign of things to come we haven't really seen his iso transition game yet and it's so exciting it is exciting rj it is i mean just just watching that like i you know i kind of sat up in my seat a little extra when he started building up that speed i felt like something special was coming uh and the way he just kind of went inside out on on that red wings defender covering him i it's just a thing of beauty Definitely. Coop also has an interesting one here. With Maddie's relative shooting slump, do you think the league has learned his spot? Seems like he tends to always shoot low glove above the pad below the glove. Interesting. I mean, I do know what you're talking about. Like, I, I know kind of the spot that he likes to aim for. It is something that would show up on film. Like, if you know, if if goalies are watching, you do see guys shooting tendencies and sometimes you do have to adjust. So I, that, that could certainly be a factor. Yeah, nice. Um, it looks like Grubauer got the hat. Everybody coming in here loud and loud about that. Uh, and it sounds like we might have also got a speech from his dad. Oh, wow. That's that cool. Would be cool. Yes. Uh, in so, German or English? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, definitely looking forward to that one. Going to just burn through these last couple here at the end. Uh, Tammy, I thought it was interesting that in the pregame broadcast, they mentioned it's probably the first time in Maddie's life that he's had that long of a drought. Definitely. For just about any NHL player uh, outside of like the real bruisers, any drought they have in the NHL is the longest drought of their career. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. And um, with Maddie, you know, he almost got that one when he had that like slap shot from like five feet in front of Huso. It almost got through in that spot, by the way. So we will see. Maybe Huso really knew that he was going there. Cameron, I wonder what the asking price of a Zucker from Pittsburgh or maybe a Bukestad from Arizona could be. Uh, that's an interesting name, actually, Nick Bukestad. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, you know, big center. I think he plays center still. Yeah, yeah, um, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, don't know I wonder that what that contract looks like. He'd kind of just be like a slightly more defensive Morgan Geeky. Like I don't know that he'd be enough. Don't know that's a huge upgrade. upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zucker is an interesting one. Uh, the the that little would be bit an upgrade of, just on the ice. I was gonna say the little bit of Penguins fan still left in me is like, yes, please take it from Pittsburgh. Let them go get somebody else. That contract is not great. <laughs> He's been playing better of late, though. He has. He has been. Um, Joshua Monahan story totally worth staying up past 2 a.m. for the EZH dance party. Definitely glad glad it's glad it was worth it. Thank you again, Joshua, for staying up. All you on the East Coast, Barbara in uh, in Europe, letting us know it was in English. Talk with okay in English. Okay, we had a little meeting of the German embassy outside the Kraken locker room. I will say Grubauer and Moritz yeah. Seider talking after the game, so that was cool to see. That is really cool. Yeah, I love when we get that um, from the countries that don't have a ton of guys. Um, we yeah. can all get together and stuff like that. Because, you know, they all know each other from, like, the national teams and whatnot, too. It's it's pretty cool. Um, all right. Alex saying Bukestad would be very cheap in terms of dollars. Yeah, he would. But, again, is he? I don't know. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it. Thank you, everybody, for staying up for this one. Another fantastic win. RJ. Hope you're looking forward to the chili cookout at Queen Anne Beer Hall, our fantastic sponsor of these post-game lives. Uh, you got any any closing remarks other than maybe just like a big guru? Just shout it out to that big empty arena behind you. Guru! There we go. <laughs> yeah, all the people out there heard me. There you go. 
Yep, definitely. Tammy with the waves goodbye to Afra. Yes, she is totally asleep over on the bed next to me, head under the the, under the blanket because she hates the little bit of light that I'm giving off right now. This is well past her bedtime. Getting past my bedtime too, so we're going to go ahead and sign off. Thanks everybody for joining us once again. Another dance party. It's awesome. We'll see you all with Deep Dive on Monday and then also for that Sharks game. Should be a good one. And reminder, it's a one o'clock start. Yes, one o'clock start for that Sharks game. So, yeah, make sure you don't miss it. Have that on. And one more thing I do want to say, of course, with the dad's yeah. trip and everything, um, you know, seeing all that around and, and, and how much they've been to all the players. Want to give a quick shout out to my dad who, again, you know, with without all his you know support for this stuff and, and you know, and love and all that stuff, I, I wouldn't be here doing this. And so just want to give him a quick shout out. Uh, definitely thought about him a lot today, uh, you know, with the dad's trip. Yeah, I'll give one to my dad now because I kind of have to. Thanks, I RJ. All right, I gave you I gave you grief coming into the stream. I'll get, you know, it's all good. Um, <laughs> all right, definitely love you too, Dad. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all on Monday.